Well, good morning. Uh, see, last time I was here, New York came through. So I was, I was really proud, and it was mediocre. I, we'll give you another shot, all right, because I want to be fair. Good morning. In case we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Josh, and I attend our Bridgewater Montrose location. So if you're new to Bridgewater, we're one church, many locations, so I attend the Montrose location. It's great to be with you this morning. We are in probably right about the middle of our series called Crazy Faith. Now, if you haven't been tracking along, I'd invite you to go to our website, go to the app, and catch up with the, the first two weeks of the series. The first week was crazy faith. And it's this idea that all throughout Scripture, we see people who model this truly crazy faith. They do things that don't make sense. That's what faith is, right? So it's believing in something that you can't explicitly prove or you can't explicitly uh, understand. And, and what we looked at was in that first series, in that, in that first week, It's an underlying theme throughout the whole rest of the series that God will either show you your next step. He'll show you that next step that you're supposed to take, or he will say, that's the mountain that you're headed to. And he won't lay out the steps because God doesn't necessarily show us both. He doesn't show us those next steps and where we're headed. Because if he did... That wouldn't be faith, right? That would be obedience. Last week, we talked about this idea of baby faith. And we looked at throughout Scripture how God encourages us and challenges us. And Jesus challenged his disciples to have faith so small. The size of even a mustard seed. And when you have that level of faith, God can accomplish great things through you. Now, if you're here... You've likely had this thought or or some of these questions, and maybe as you began your journey in in this life of following Christ, you had these thoughts, questions like, how do you know you're headed in the right direction? Let's be honest. How many of you have ever had that thought? How do I know that I'm moving in faith, that I'm moving in the right direction? How do you know that what you believe is true is truly the right thing. How do you know? You know, you read the words of Jesus, and and you, you believe that it's going to be done, but how do you know it's going to actually happen? How can you be sure that that thing that you're believing for is going to come to pass? And if you're here this morning and you've had questions like that, I'm going to give you the answer, all right? This is like the greatest day ever because you're going to get the answer to the toughest questions that may come across your plate. Here's the answer. You ready? You can't. You can't know for sure. You can't be 100% sure on the outset of those steps. You know why? Because if you were 100% sure, that would require 0% faith. You wouldn't have to have any faith if you were 100% sure that this was the right thing to do. We have to get to the place where we place our faith in God to provide that next step for us. 
we need to understand, and, and, and I think this is even better said, we need to be okay with the fact that faith starts where understanding ends. We want to know all the answers, right? If you're like me, you, are, you want to have all the steps laid out, all the plans laid for, you know exactly what's going to happen, but that's not where faith starts. Faith starts where those understanding, those steps, where that ends. What God may be calling you to do this morning may be a sure thing at the beginning. I mean, it's easy to come in sometimes and celebrate that faith that happens in some, someone else's life. You see someone else living out their faith, and you can celebrate that. But how can we celebrate, and how can we experience that in our own life? I think we need to understand that faith is not found in what we are believing for, but who we are believing in. Let me illustrate that, that for you. Maybe you found yourself like me at one point, wanting a house. I want that house. Not just a house. I want that house. You know the one white picket fence, got all the bells and whistles, and it's so cheap, right? That's the one. Like right now, you can't find a house for sale. It's just impossible to find one. Um, but if you found that one, and we're just going to, God is just going to provide that house for us, and then what happens, especially in this market? Somebody else gets the house. What happened, God? I am your servant. I was here doing your work. And now that house is gone. And we begin to doubt. But what that's an example of is we were placing our faith in what? The house. Not in the one who gives the house. I, I've had an experience in this where I was a youth pastor down in Allentown, Pennsylvania for a number of years. And when I first moved into the area, when I first took the position at the church, there was this house, and it was right by the high school. It was, like, perfect for me. And it had a nice big open area where we could have a bunch of teenagers over and hang out. It was really, really perfect. And I remember that was our house. And my wife and I, we looked at it. We looked at it a couple, three or four times. We had some people come over and check all the structural things out. And somebody else bought the house. And I remember I was very, very distraught. And then you know what happened a couple, day, a couple years after that happened? That house all of a sudden started to crumble. And the people who owned it had to short sale it because it was falling apart. So here I was crushed because this house was no longer available to me. But what God did was God saved me from that house. See, God understands all of those steps that are coming towards my life. God understands all of the ins and outs of what I'm going to face. And so when God says no, instead of being distraught, instead of being overwhelmed, I need to trust and have faith that God truly is the one that I need to be placing my faith in. So what do we do when we're not 100% sure? I'm going to introduce this idea, and it's a part of this series, and we're going to be talking today about maybe faith. Not baby faith, maybe faith. In other words, 
maybe this is what God wants us to do. Some of you, when I say maybe faith, all of a sudden you get this like apprehension inside of you. You get a little tense. You're like, I need to know 100% that it's God, right? Instead of maybe it's God. When we get this, this par- paralysis where we won't do anything because we don't know 100% that it's God. Too often, we find ourselves not being okay with maybe faith. We, we find ourselves being overwhelmed with the lack of knowledge. And so we don't do anything. Today I want to read a story from the Old Testament, and it's a very familiar story to us, and and it's going to be on the screen, or if you have a Bible or device, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 12. And it's the story of a man who God spoke to him, and he asked him to do something truly crazy. There's many lessons that we can learn from it, and we're going to pull a couple of things from it. So I'm going to read in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. We read this, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people on the earth will will be blessed through you. So in this section, Just to kind of back up, what we're hearing is a voice, God tells this man, Abram, to leave. Now, we can look throughout Scripture. We have the benefit of looking throughout Scripture, and we see in Joshua, the book of Joshua tells us that Abram, and later his name would be changed to Abraham, and his family, they were what's called polytheistic, meaning that they worshipped many gods, They didn't just worship the one true God, the king of kings. They worshiped many gods. And so understand, Abram, at this point, he hears this voice, and it says, leave. Was he 100% sure that that was God, the king of kings? Likely not, because he believed that there were many gods. He just understood that there was a voice. We, We see later on, that he believed that would be the true God. But God said to him, get in the car and go. Start driving and I'll tell you when to stop. I'll tell you when to stop. How many of us are okay not knowing where we're going? Imagine God's in the driver's seat and he says, get in, buckle up. Where are we going? Buckle up. Come on, let's go. I want to know where we're going. Buckle up, let's go. We would not get in the car, right? We would, we would be hesitant to follow unless we knew what was, where we were going. Why do we have a hard time with this idea? Well, if you're like me, it doesn't feel safe. I'm going to know that my needs are going to be met, that my family's going to be provided for. I want to know those things, right? It's unsafe. But God said to Abram, he said, leave your country. Leave what you know, what you're comfortable with. Faith requires 
uncomfortable feelings. God said, leave your people. You'll have to leave what is familiar to follow in faith. Faith requires an unfamiliar reaction. He says, leave your father, which in this day represented provision and protection. Leave behind all of those things, all of those ways that you have been provided for. Faith requires us to be dependent on a new provision. When my wife and I were married for about a year and a half, um, now I've been married for almost 22 years now. When my wife and I were newly, uh, I'll call us newlyweds, we were out of that honeymoon stage of uh, the first year. Uh, we were living down in Florida, which is where I'm from. I'm from Orlando, small little town. You might have heard of it. Um, there's this mouse that runs around that everybody wants to come see. Um, so I'm living in Florida. My siblings are living in Florida. My mom and dad are living in Florida. It's familiar to me. And I was serving at a church as a youth pastor, and I remember getting this sense. I'm not going to say it was the audible voice of God, but I was getting this, this impression. I had people talking to me about this. I was praying about this, and, and all of a sudden I got this feeling that I needed to move. And I'm not going to say that this was an Abraham level of faith, but God said to me, Move, move to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And so I was like, all right, I guess. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. So my wife and I, we drove all the way up 95 and we pulled into Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I did not have a job, I did not have a house, I did not have an apartment. We lived with my sister in law for far too long. My wife didn't have a job. So God says, go to school, go back to school, finish your education, move to a foreign city. And if you've ever been to Philly, there's parts of it that are really foreign. Move to this foreign city, and I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. God said to Abraham, go, and I'll show you where you're supposed to go. Move to that place, and I'll show you where to start. Maybe for you, God is saying, serve, start serving, and I'll show you where they need you. Maybe he's saying, start giving financially, and I'll tell you when to stop. For many of us, God is telling us to do something without all of the answers. If you're taking notes, we can learn many things from this passage. And the first is this, that faith is moving and allowing God to direct our steps. I'm not sure if this is some sort of law of uh, some scientific law, but this is my law. It's easier to direct an object in motion when it's already in motion, right? Let me explain. I used to have a 1995 Nissan pickup truck. Now, let me explain what that meant. The year was 1995. The model was Nissan. The make, pickup truck. 
That's what it was called. It wasn't called like any other fancy name. It was called pickup truck. And here's why. It had no passenger side mirror. Like not that it fell off. It didn't have one. It had no radio. Not that it was pulled out or stolen. It had no space for a radio. It had no air conditioning. You're getting my point here. Not that it was broken. Just didn't have it. And here's the most important thing it didn't have. No power steering fluid. No power steering pump. No power steering at all. If you've never played a cassette tape, you don't know what I'm talking about right now. You have no comprehension of no power steering. Here's what I was, would find. Sitting in my truck, manual truck, you know. I can drive a stick shift. If I wanted to turn when I was sitting at that stop sign... It was really, really hard, right? You've got to crank on that wheel to get it to turn, right? Some of you have been there, and this is a little teeny tiny truck. Some of you have driven like the three-quarter ton trucks, and they're really, really fun to get turning. But when you start moving ever so slightly forward, you know what happens? All of a sudden, that wheel turns nice and easy. There's no difficulty in turning right or left, if you're in motion. My dad always used to tell me that it was actually easier when you're in motion to turn completely around. You're headed in the wrong direction, guess what? If you're moving, it's easy to turn around. But what happens as Christ followers, as these mature believers, we say, I need to know everything that God has for me or I'm staying right here. And we do nothing. Faith is moving and allowing God to direct your steps. Hey, imagine Abraham hearing the voice of someone claiming to be the Lord and tells you to pick up everything and go. All he gives you is a promise. I'm convinced that there was no way that Abraham could be 100% certain that this was God telling him. Maybe it was God. Maybe it was the taco he had last night. He didn't know that he probably didn't have tacos, just in case you were checking my theology. Abraham decided to live in maybe faith. Maybe it was God. Maybe. Maybe God made that promise. Maybe it was God who made that promise. He couldn't know for sure, but he believed in maybe. We continue in verse 4. So Abraham, or Abram, went as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now this is free. This is not in my notes. He was 75. I'm not going to ask how many of you are nearing that golden age. But he left everything when he was established. When he was, we'll call it, ripe in his years. He left everything to follow God. There is no retirement when it comes to faith. I put in my time, I'm done. No, no. He was just getting started. I think it's always important to understand what Scripture tells us. But I, would, I like to think it's also equally important to say what Scripture doesn't tell us. This is what scripture doesn't say about Abram when he left. 
All we know is he left. He departed. It doesn't say that he left angry or he left crying or he left weeping. What we know, what scripture tells us is that Abram acted in faith. And because of Abram's faith, you and I are sitting in that promise. That ripple from Abram's actions ripples all the way to you and I. That's encouraging to me that one man's faith rippled all the way thousands of years later and I'm able to worship God because of that. We often think when we're wrestling with this faith that, that our doubt disqualifies us. We think that the opposite of faith is doubt. But I, think, I see what in this passage, what we see is that the opposite of faith is not doubt. And our biggest obstacle to faith is not doubt. Our biggest obstacle to faith, and if you're taking notes, is fear. Jesus chided his disciples often. His disciples were these group of, of 12 men who followed him everywhere, were learning from him. And, and many of these men, their occupation was that they were a fisherman, or they were, um, they were men who were very, very familiar with boats and the storms that would come while they were out on the water. And in Mark chapter 4, we pick up this story where Jesus and his disciples, they've climbed into a boat, and they're going out, and remember... Very, very familiar with the water, very familiar with boats, very familiar with storms that came. And what we see is that this storm comes up. And it wasn't just a little storm, apparently. It was a pretty big storm. And it was so severe that these very experienced fishermen, these very experienced men who were on a boat, they start screaming and crying. I'm not making it up. That's what they did. And they come and they're trying to find Jesus and where's Jesus? He's asleep. He's curled up asleep in the boat while this big storm's going on. And we pick up this story in Mark chapter 4. And the disciples, it says, the disciples woke him and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And so he, Jesus, got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? It doesn't say, Why do you doubt? But why are you afraid? They were terrified. And they said to one another, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Now, this is my, how my imagination works, so this is not in Scripture, so please give me a little bit of latitude here. I imagine Jesus kind of curled up, maybe on a mat, maybe on a cot, and these disciples come frantic, and they come running into him, and, and we understand throughout Scripture that Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man, and so I imagine how I am when I wake up from a nap. You know, you're a little disoriented, like, did I sleep through the night? Is it still the same day? Is the game still on? You know, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And Jesus pops up, 
maybe wipes some sleep from his eyes. And he kind of looks around and he's like, knock it off. And the wind and the waves stop. And I imagine him looking at his disciples in disgust, in disappointment. Why don't you believe? Why don't you have the faith? Why are you so afraid? Jesus sets up this tension for why many of us don't live by faith. And we see this all throughout Scripture. This And all throughout our lives is that our biggest struggle to acting in faith is fear. Every day, we need to focus on what we're going to place our faith in. Is it going to be fear or faith? And so imagine... And, and we were going to like draw like a line down the middle of the auditorium, but then it would be a little bit awkward for those of you who are sitting in fear and those of you who are sitting in faith, you're like, ha ha, suckers. We're not doing that. So just imagine that it's up here on the stage. Imagine that we have, I want to make sure I get it right, faith and fear over here. This is our struggle every day. Are we going to act in faith or are we going to make our bed in fear? Every day we have to decide. Now over here, as we saw Jesus with the disciples, Jesus is resting in faith. He's comfortable. He, he, he says, take rest in me in faith. That's where we find Jesus. And we see this call in our lives to from Jesus to move from our place of fear, our place of our desire for control, our place for desire for all of the answers and complete understanding. And Jesus calls us to move from this place over to the place of fear, of faith, excuse me. Have you ever noticed in your life when you look throughout your life where God just came through? God showed up. It was awesome. Maybe you were like, one month from going bankrupt. There was a portion in my life where I didn't have a job. And I told my wife, I, I was counting down the weeks. This is how many weeks we have until we have to move in with someone. Because we can't afford our bills anymore. And then I'm talking two weeks before that timeline, God showed up. Got a job. Got a great job. When God shows up, have you ever experienced, maybe like I have at times, God shows up, he comes in, he says, this is what we're going to do, you're going to be awesome, step up, and you do, and then what happens? It's like crickets. God doesn't say anything else. Remember, God shows you that next step, and you take that step in faith, and then all of a sudden, God, what's up? Where'd you go? Tell me my next step. Keep telling me those steps. And we find ourselves doing what? We drift. We drift back over to fear. God, where are you? Why are you so silent? God, where did you go? When, when God's been there the whole time. I'm the one who moved. I'm the one who drifted. I, I was the one who moved over here. And I have all of the pressures that are now going on in my life. 
the pressure to provide. I need to care for my family. I have to obey and serve God and the world around me. And everything, everything that is compounding upon me, and I find myself being so overwhelmed, and I'm living in fear. What if I don't have all the answers? What if I lose my job? What if this happens? And the more times I what if, I'm moving further and further away from faith. I'm moving further and further away from where God wants me to be. What about when God tells us that he wants us to change careers? Now, previously I had a career as a pastor. I was a pastor for almost 18 years. And now I'm a banker. Basically the same thing. It's not. Am I sure that that's what God wanted? Am I 100% sure? Was I 100% sure at the time? No, I wasn't. I'm just complete transparency. I wasn't 100% sure. But you know what? I was 51% sure. I was almost 100% sure, but I, I had to go in one direction, right? And if it wasn't where God wanted, I was going to move and allow him to change my life. And during that transition, my wife and I, and actually throughout many portions in our, in our life, we have said this phrase, and I know Pastor Brett talked on it last week, and I'm just going to tell you the last, the last verse of this story in Mark chapter 9, if you want to read it later. Uh, Jesus has, has come to this man who has a, peril, uh, a, a son who has been demon-possessed, and, and the man says to Jesus, can you do this? Will you heal my son? Can you? And Jesus' response to him is, if you have faith, it will be done. And this line has been a motto throughout my life at very, very frequently, many times. This is the man's response. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I mean, how many of you have lived there? I believe that this is what God wants. Help me overcome my unbelief. Isn't that fear? Isn't that doubt? Well, it sounds a lot like faith and trust. Faith and, and saying, I don't know how we're going to do it, but this is what I believe God wants me to do. I believe, help my unbelief. I think when we find ourselves there, we find ourselves at this 51%. We see a difference between faith and fear, and we are just over that line, that line that's right down the middle here. We are just over that line, that faith at 51%. I can't say for 100% assurity that this is what God wants, but I'm going to move just a little bit and allow God to direct me if it's not. I'm going to move to this place of faith. I'm going to move over into this place of faith. I'm going to believe that maybe this is what God wants. God says a lot of things about 50%, right? You look in the book of Revelation. God had some really strong things to say about a church, a group of believers who were living on the line. God said to them, be hot or be cold, but don't live on the line. Don't be lukewarm. 
I mean, he had some strong descriptions about what they were to him. Living in 50%, you can look it up in Revelation. God says, you are like vomit in my mouth. We're not going to talk about that anymore. But that's what 50% is. Sometimes faith needs to be at 51%. Just taking that first baby step in faith, that maybe step in faith, and going on. We would love if faith was always like 95%. I am 95% sure this is God. That's great. When you can say that, that this is where God wants, man, it's a lot cooler over here. Um, when you can say that with 95% assurity that this is God, that's awesome. But that doesn't always happen, does it? We find ourselves in scenarios where maybe this is God, and so I'm going to act. I'm going to act in faith. Where do you rest? Where, if you had a pillow, where would you throw it down and curl up? In faith? Or are you more comfortable in your control and having to know all the answers, which translates into fear? The, the fear of faith. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy that God, as followers of Christ, God gives us a spirit. A spirit within us. And he says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. That's not where we're supposed to live. In case you wanted me to, to be very explicit, this is not where you should be. Find ourselves, if we don't know that 95% assurity, this is what God wants, be okay with that maybe faith, that 51%. Because when we take that one step, it grows. Our faith is a muscle. When you use it, you know what happens? It grows and grows. Just like if you find yourself in a situation where you're laid up in a bed, you know what happens to your legs when you don't get up and walk around? It's not that they just stay the same, right? They actually die. Your muscles atrophy and they die. When we don't exercise our faith, that faith dies. That muscle, it gets weaker and weaker. God has called us to do many things. Maybe for you, God has called you to start a business. Maybe, maybe it'll work. I'm going to follow what I believe is God's calling. Maybe God can heal my marriage. I'm going to take a step out and, and go to that counselor. I'm 51% I'm sure that this is what God wants me to do in following this counselor. Taking that step. Maybe God can take me out of this cycle of poverty. And so I'm going to trust him and start giving to the church, which, trust me, that's faith. That, that sounds crazy. You don't have enough money, and so you're going to give more of it away. But we read in Scripture, in the Old Testament, God says, test me. Try me. See if it works. One of the only times that Scripture tells us that God challenges us to put him to the test. I would encourage you this morning, put your faith in motion. And let God take that 51%, that maybe faith, and lead you to where he wants you to be. God did not call you to live your life, your Christian life, 
in fear, but putting your faith in him. Faith is not found in what you're believing for, but who you're believing in. Our maybe faith is only grounded in the character of God. The understanding that he has the power to do all things. Nothing is impossible. Maybe God will do it. Maybe God will show you the next step. Maybe he wants you to rest in faith. Find yourself in a place that maybe faith is believing that it may be God until it proves to be God. Believing that this 51% may be God until God shows you that that was truly him. Let's close in prayer. God, we do thank you for being a God that we can trust in, a God that we can rely upon. God, we thank you that you have given us not a spirit of fear, but you've given us a reason to place our faith in you. God, there's likely people in this room today who are struggling with decisions. God, may we remember that faith, our faith needs to be a faith of action, a faith of motion, and allowing you to direct our steps. God, taking that one step placing that, that level of baby faith and growing that through maybe faith, God. God, we thank you and praise you that you have given us a reason to be able to put our faith and trust in you. And we pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.